Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is Anupa Mystery, and you're listening to Burnout, short conversations about creative sustainability with working artists. Jima Gariva is one of my favorite visual artists. He's an animator and illustrator working out of Guru Studios in Toronto and the creator of a forthcoming series called Big Blue that will air on CBC Kids in 2020. I felt a bit out of my depth talking with Jima because I don't know much about his medium, but it turns out that he's not just a cartoon obsessive. He's got a really soulful creative philosophy, and that's where it connects for me. We spoke about how animation can be a force of change and the ways in which feeling and emotion in cartooning can sometimes say more than words. Like romantic love gets talked about all the time, but like familial love yeah. is seldom expressed. I wanted these characters' intimate moments to be truly intimate, but consider all of this with the veil of a SpongeBob over it. So it's like an entire SpongeBob episode, but at the end, like if SpongeBob said something really meaningful to Patrick, even getting down to the frame count of someone being like, I don't understand why we have to stay on this frame of them looking at each other for this long. I'm like, because they love each other. Like, you have to, you know what I mean? It's mm. like just trying to get those things out of what yeah. you're looking at. My name is Jima Ditsitso Gariba. I'm an illustrator and an animator. I don't think I can create anything unless I'm like looking at stuff. So I'm like a big on people watching, mm. big eavesdroppers, a terrible habit. But um, do you remember your fir- first or an earliest incident of eavesdropping? Oh, it was my older siblings. Okay. Yeah, there's like stuff that they would talk about or whisper about and stuff like that. And like forgetting that I was in the room was just like. <laughs> so you're overhearing your. Your older siblings talk, and then mm-hmm. you're making doodles. With yeah, them. well, I mean, I don't think I, I don't think I started creating any work that was specific to me or to my experience. Or like way later in life, from a young age, I just started with copying. Like that's all I did until I was probably like nineteen, eighteen, or something like that. It was just like being a sponge and just figuring out what I did like. So, a lot of what looking at my older siblings did was just like. I think I saw a tweet somewhere where they're like, older siblings are the original influencers or something like that. <laughs> like everything I was into, I was into because my older siblings were into it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times I would just copy what they were doing, copy the way they dressed. My They were the ones that got me into drawing in the first place. Oh, no way. Yeah, they were big on drawing. They were so good at it. And they would like use watercolor and understand how to like color without like getting sweaty palm marks on their pages like they were super meticulous with it and it wasn't until again like I was 18 20 that I was like oh I can take stuff from like my life like I don't have to copy your stuff like Mm -hmm. now I have enough of an understanding of how to draw a face how to draw a hand that I can be like that lady through my lens looks like this and then do any of your older siblings is art in their life to this day or or did it stick with you not so much I think it stuck with me and I feel like it was almost like a oh well if you're gonna be that into it I'm gonna just chill like because I'm not that (laughs) you know what I mean like because they weren't that into it yeah and I think they just branched off into different things but they're still really talented like I think my older sister still paints so she did the watercolor stuff Mm -hmm. 
And then on my brother's side, it was more, he was more into writing and comic books. Mm-hmm. So mm. that it was like the balance of those two things. So like my sister would like be reading all these philosophy books and like be super well read and be explaining like what the Renaissance meant. <laughs> and my brother would be like watching Charmed and like trying to write his own like X-Men comics and stuff like oh, that. Cool. So between that and just me watching a bunch of cartoons, that's just all of the stuff that I started to like. It's like the world building. Yeah, exactly. The world building aspect of it was like somewhere in between there. So I was like, yeah, like I definitely love the technicality of it, but I really also just want to be silly with it. So what TV shows were you watching? Um, Dexter's Lab. We grew up in Ghana. So we got um, Cartoon Network. Like we get like Uh, weird intervals of cartoons. Like we get also really old stuff. So we get like Captain Planet, Thundercats, Biker Mice from Mars. But like, that was like, those are like 80s cartoons. Yeah, those are like 80s cartoons. (laughs) So we get a lot of 80s cartoons and then we get a lot of like 90s, like, like regular Dexter's Lab, Powerpuff Girls stuff. So it was like between those two. Okay. And then Dragon Ball just on Sundays or something. I applied for illustration and animation and I was like referred to Sheridan from my guidance counselor in Ghana. He was like, well, you could go two places. You could go to CalArts, which will basically bankrupt your family. Or you could go to Sheridan, which is like the, a lot more viable option. So but I, like in Oakville, Ontario, right? Is it that Yeah, it's camp? in Oakville. Yeah. <laughs> it's in Oakville. It's <laughs> you like, could go to like California. Yeah, you could go to California or you could go to Oakville. But it was more about just the thing. So I applied and got into illustration and animation. And my idea of what art making was completely different. Yeah. What was that? I think when I was younger, I think you just made enough pretty images and I wasn't even thinking about context I wasn't even thinking about commentary or what your story was or what you were trying to say with it I just knew that some pieces were evocative I hadn't even been to that many museums at that time like I've been thinking about why I draw recently yeah and more and more I think about it I don't think that any of these things have to do with like me as an individual because my dad draws a lot okay um he became a political scientist and he became like a political advisor my mom didn't draw at all she's uh she has her master's in mathematics Mm -hmm. so she's talented in other ways um she could do that little jesus fish that's (laughs) um but yeah i sometimes i think about it and i'm like oh i can draw because my dad wanted to so badly it's nice to think about it that way though like it you know what whether people believe in culture like a like a genetic memory or something like yeah, that I don't know that's what I mean like that's what it feels like sometimes because yeah. sometimes I'm just like I didn't like I don't remember why especially like being so young like you really have to sit and draw to like care about drawing oh, I was totally. like, why was I sitting there like you heard that Gil Scott Heron thing where it's like your ancestors are in your bloodstream and they're talking to you constantly And they're always, always chattering in your head. And the difficult part is, like, keeping quiet. And then you hear them. Mm. And then, like, I understood it in the way of, like, once you find the quiet place in yourself, the Mm. things your body does are things that, like, the ghosts inside of you are just trying to get out of their system. You know what I mean? It's like, once you stop being like, okay, well, I got to make breakfast. I got to make this meeting. I got to do this thing. Mm. And then you just, like, empty yourself of all that stuff. You probably have gifts in you that a ghost of someone that is from your family is like just trying to get out. You know what I mean? 
good and bad ways. That's like, very beautiful. Be, I mean, like, be empty enough that, like, I could notice it. quiet place like for you (laughs) this Mm. quiet place where you empty yourself out and you just like channel okay everyone who makes artwork whether you're a writer a musician an artist you kind of have to take something from your head and then bring it into the physical world so it's almost like meditative i'm gonna quantify it in time just to make sense of like the point i'm trying to make but like there's like an hour where you don't really do anything you kind of have to like take the person who annoyed you of the streetcar out of mm-hmm. your head, take your belly feeling weird out of your head, your sweaty palms or whatever, clean your house, procrastinate, all that stuff. And then you sit and then you think about the thing mm-hmm. and then you get into the space where you're like trying to imagine the thing, at least for me, like what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it feels like, what it tastes like, what you want other people to feel by it. Mm-hmm. And then there's a point where you stop thinking about the logistics of it. Mm. And then it's kind of like your body goes into autopilot about how to make it happen, you know? So whether you're jotting down notes or whether you're doing a bunch of rough sketches or whatever, it's like the process of finding something. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's what the quiet space is. When you come back to your desk and you look at the stuff there, there's almost like like a gap between the person who made it something else has to take over. Because if if you're thinking about that many things, like how to make an image make sense, how to make a piece, how to say what you really mean and bring it from this other realm, like your dreams or your thoughts or whatever. Like, yeah. That translation takes you being able to like quiet so much of your own mind. I know some people work very practically like that where they're like okay well i know it's purple next step it's this next step it's this but and obviously there is a practical side of oh yeah you for know, sure for sure like the, once you pee and you come back to it you could be like well that's trash this is trash that's yeah, terrible yeah. it should be blue it shouldn't be red all that stuff but there's a time where you're searching for all that stuff yeah where you're just kind of in a void yeah you just have to leave i don't know i don't know how to explain it like you yeah. have to leave what your concerns are just to focus on this, on getting it out, you know? The reason I'm interested in it is because I don't know if everyone creates in that way. Like, you come home, you forget about what happened on the streetcar, you forget that your palms are sweaty. Right, right. Or that your stomach feels weird. I don't know if people are, like, that embodied. Right. So I think it's really, I I love the way that you've described it. And But, like, the hope is to just, like, be just to be accurate as to what mm. the thing you're experiencing is, like mm-hmm. the feeling, whether it's like, oh, when people see this, I want them to feel like, mm. oh, like, oh, that's love or whatever. Mm-hmm. How did your goals or your, maybe not even your goals, but how right. did your ideas about what you wanted to do change throughout that period of time when you were at school? Animation started out as a magic trick to me. You're just like watching The Little Mermaid when you're a kid. And then you're like, I know somehow people have to make this, Mm. but I'm not fully aware of all of the components that go into making it. And then for a while, I think, especially going into Sheridan and everything, I just wanted to be part of the trick. 
I just part of to that get, world. Yeah, part of that <laughs> world. Exactly. Exactly. I want to be <laughs> where, where the, the people are. are. <laughs> you know, like. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, so that's what it became. I was just like so obsessed with being, and I started to watch all these behind the scenes of just like, mm-hmm. this. these are our animators. But then once I got there, I was like, oh, anyone can come backstage. Like anyone can do it. And then I got really interested in what I wanted to say. And then that's what changed like how I looked at it. Yeah. How I looked at what the medium is or mm-hmm. what the medium could do. Did it feel walled off to you? Like, what was the thing that you felt like you had to get access to or that? It's weird. In a weird way, I think it was just like permission. Like, I think the entire time I was just looking for someone to be like, oh, yeah, yeah you can do this. The medium requires like hundreds of people to draw like the same person. A lot of getting into animation is being like, again, like, can you do a. 360 rotation of Ariel on model. Right. If you can, you can get a job pretty much anywhere. Right. Or like if you can do that with Dexter, Ariel, and I don't know, and a Dragon Ball Z character, you can get hired at all those three places. Right. Because your wrist is just versatile. But something that I'll really explain to you is, or talk about how to develop is your own voice. Right. And then in going to Sheridan and then seeing behind the curtain and everything, that was one of the things where I was like, oh, everyone can draw Ariel and everyone can draw a Dragon Ball guy, like 360. But like, Mm -hmm. not everybody has anything to say about it. Right. If I didn't have, if I wasn't thinking, like if I'm thinking of like an idyllic landscape and it's not in a Disney style, what style is it in? What does it look like? What are the artistic decisions of the place I'm thinking of? And then I start to look at it like way different. I'm like, what does caricature mean when you're a black person? What does movement mean? What does caricature of movement mean? Like halfway through school, I started to realize like how little time I have to do this. It's actually, it's daunting. I think about death every single waking Fuck. second. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It's just like, You're right. it's, yeah. it's always in the forefront of my mind. I'm like, damn, I really like, I'm really like a soft bag of juice. Like anyone could puncture it. I could fall over bad. Like I'm actually the same way. When I was in New York, I had a list on my phone of ways New York would kill me. Yeah, because I'm especially like especially when you like add that many variables. I'm like, I should pretty much just live in a cabin with like, you know what I mean, like or a bubble. bubble wrap all, all around me. Because like, yeah, I just get scared at how like fragile it all is, totally. especially when you have plans. spirited away i was like oh this is money like, right that's the stuff i'm talking about yeah you know what i mean yeah. like because even that between you like watch and no digs to aladdin that's an incredible film but like you'll watch aladdin and you'll watch spirited away and something like aladdin again not to shit on aladdin Aladdin's a great movie and it's amazing we're talking about the cartoon version not yeah the... the 2d animated version <laughs> yeah um some incredible animation sequences that robin williams was craziest genie that was like magical 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 i'm just saying that like when you're watching um spirited away i think i was aware of a different level of attention Mm. 
that was being paid to like even in the emotional scenes or mm. behavioral stuff that I was like, oh, that's what I aspire to do now, mm. you know, and that I know is going to take me forever. So like halfway through school, it was just about really deciding what I wanted to pool my energy into. Do you feel like your peers were coming to that same realization as you? Um, Half and half. I think some of the people I met in school were definitely content with just arriving backstage mm. and then being a part of the magic trick. Sure. The friends of mine who did come to that realization ended up doing exactly that. They ended up most of the time like working out of studios and just making their own short films or making indie animation, which is tough because it doesn't pay and it just takes so long to do if you want to do it in a certain way. But um, it's kind of a split road. Okay, do you want control over the content you're making or do you want to just be a part of this concert, you know? To go back to like this realization you had or these questions you're asking yourself about like what does this pasture look like or what right. does this landscape yeah. look like? What were some of your early answers to those questions um, there's definitely a period where I was like really heavy on just like hip hop influenced artwork. Cause I, I love rap, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? So I would listen to music and be like, Oh, my passion looks like this, mm -hmm. like entirely like this, entirely like the rap aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Everything is shiny. Everything is glossy or it just brings that energy. So I would do illustrations based on songs just to kind of sharpen the things I liked out of like basically trying to channel the kinetic energy of the music into an illustration. Right. So I did like, I did it for a couple of albums. I think I did like a couple of Kanye West albums back in the day. And then I did like Watch the Throne, like an image for each Watch the Throne song or whatever. Like it's not Little Mermaid. It's not based on folklore. It's not meant to have a happy ending. It's just what's an illustration of the song Spaceship looks like. Is it a little melancholy, Afrofuturistic? Like maybe, you know what I mean? Mm. So it's like, mining music for that stuff that's a really cool um way to practice yeah but i don't think i was even doing it on purpose i think later on it started to occur to me that um access to the medium like it's only just happening now animation is something that's masterfully practiced by the japanese really well practiced by Americans and North Americans who have access to do it, yeah. but seldom anywhere else in the world. Actually, no, that's a lie. Um, Russia, there's some really like beautiful German animation, but it's like thinking about what music sounds like once black people were giving the ac the full access mm. to play with it. Mm. I think about that in the same way mm. as I think about animation. I'm like, why isn't there a club scene translated into animation? What would mm. what would dance hall look like? Any Sean Paul video? Those We're dancers, Sean, Sean Paul fan club here. So yo, don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> temperature. Take the video to temperature, but also apply the care and analysis of motion that a Pixar movie applies. Mm. You know what I mean? Like when you're watching Up and they do that whole montage where like the lady's dying in order to make you feel something out of those like silly cartoon characters is like really like that's a real study. Yeah. Like I would like that same study for the temperature video. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I would like to see what dancing looks like when you take it in when you take it seriously into this medium mm. or like even the mannerisms of different cultures. Like, you know, 
a Ghanaian uncle talking from his body language. I've yet to see that summarized in this medium. Right. You know what I mean? And what an exciting challenge. Thing. Yeah. Like, what an exciting challenge, what an exciting thing. Like yeah. there is kissing your teeth that I've never seen in animation. There's mm. like tiny little mannerisms that mean so much, especially because like so many different groups of people are expressive in so many different ways. And that's what the medium is there to highlight. There are so many cultures that don't have access that have so much to give to it you know what i mean so this is very very interesting maybe you can give kind of a brief summary of what you've observed in the way black characters have been animated in the past looking back at the way black characters have been depicted in animation a lot of the times well there's like a whole period where it was all racist yeah and then beyond that, like coming out of that, it was about, I think, the depiction of African-Americans mm. because the conversation was never continued past, at least for black Africans, past the racism period. Right. So proud family, fat Albert, things yeah. like that kind of picked up the mantle or like Bebe's kids even. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Bebe's kids is a great example of what I'm talking about. Like Bebe's kids has so many specific black behavior mm-hmm. things and details that I don't know that every viewer will pick up on, mm. which is nice, is that like they've gotten in that subtlety into something where like you're literally making a decision every time you draw something, like mm-hmm. nothing's by accident. And like a lucid space and the literal drawing of actions. It's like, oh, there's an episode of The Proud Family where they're walking in the mall and then they do the black guy head nod, like the dad does the black guy head nod. Uh, and then Penny is like, who is that dad? He's like, I don't know. It's just it's just tradition. And then they just keep walking. And I was like, that. It's almost like a clue, you know? Yeah. To be like, it's almost like a clue to be like, yeah, you. I'm talking to you. You know when that happens to you in the world? Mm-hmm. I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just like expanding that. in a puddle you'll probably get worms like like, <laughs> like PSAs yeah it's like it's like what did it look like it looked very much like um like Saturday cartoons like it was like they look they were illustrated like political cartoons almost okay like very flat yeah very flat it was very limited animation yeah um, most of the characters looked exactly alike you knew watching it that it wasn't for your entertainment. It mm. was for information. Mm-hmm. So you kind of just glaze over it. Mm. Whereas when you see like something like Dexter's Lab or something, it's like the way they're designed, the flatness of them, you're, it just feels like a sticker. Like you want to participate. And it was heavy stuff. Someone invites you into their van. Like, what do you say? Like that kind of content. So yeah. it had a veil yeah. of something over it. It wasn't... I guess what I'm talking about is tapping into escapism. Have you watched Bino and Fino? Bino and Fino? It's like a Nigerian kid's show. No, I haven't. It is very cute. His jokes? Yeah. Well, nice. it's it's cute. It's very educational. Yeah, yeah. I saw it at Nana's house. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so cute. Right. But um, there's an episode where this brother and sister and they're playing and then all of a sudden one day the power goes out. Right. 
which I think is cool because, you know, blackouts are common. All the time, yeah. And then basically they like learn about where electricity comes from. Right, right, right. And like they like fly to the dam and like. That's sick. Yeah, it was really like it was. But even in that, it's like the entryway into what that narrative is. It's like, hey, you who who just had a power outage. Yeah. This is, you see this? Yeah. Yeah, It's like that connection. Yeah. Yeah. Because even in the way lessons are taught in Ghana. And the stories we're told to learn lessons have a completely different narrative. Like the way you learn morality isn't through a happy ending or through the pieces that you get. Right. Um, And I think you get that with um, Japanese storytelling where the story is like weird and meanders for a long time. It's characters on journeys of self-discovery or Mm -hmm. nothing happens at all sometimes in really beautiful, stunning Japanese animated movies. It's not neatly tied up like they do in North America. And I think that's another thing that's really interesting to explore. Yeah. Even like um, um, the Day of the Dead one. Oh, Coco. Yeah. Coco's so good for that reason. But it is still a bit neatly tied. It's still neatly tied in a bow, but even the way they get to it, like I'd love a story where the main character has a terrible time, Mm. does bad things and has a terrible time the whole way. Because that's how you get taught lessons, I guess, back home is like, this person did this, and now they are a goat. Following the journey of a character that you're rooting for, and at the end, it doesn't ha- it doesn't pan out. Like yeah. that he has is to just pay, it. or they they have to it's, pay for their. Yeah. That's that's the story. It's like, you know what I mean. Like uh, you're a goat. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna get cooked. That's it. You know, like that's the route. You have a a kid show called Big Blue mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in production. Yeah, probably. and it's gonna be on CBC Kids next year. CBC Kids 2020. Um, we could talk a little bit about that. Well, I pitched the show like two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. I kind of went through the motions of being like, oh, well, I got to get my chops before I pitch anything or like get some kind of cred or whatever. So the two first years out of school, I was just working on other shows. Yeah. So I was just a character designer on a show over here and then doing some freelance over here on the weekend and stuff like that. I just got tired of the decisions being beyond me. It just mm. gets boring. It's like, well, the hammer's got to be red richer people than you have said it's got to be red so (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean like guess i'll make it red yeah it's like guess i'll make it red so like it it was at that point where i was like okay i could move to la and then have to do the same thing again and like work it all the way up and also there it's just so much more competitive my chances of making this happen here are better Mm. so most of my day is arguing about how to get the flavor of that stuff in there explaining non-verbal mannerisms you're trying to fit into 11 minutes of tv they're trying to get in front of kids on a saturday is like 90 percent of what my job is now wow there's so many moments of vetting like it's just an exercise in staying alert because it's really easy to just tune out things would just get written by writers uh storyboard artists from somewhere else would just draw what got approved and then I could just look at it all and just be like, yep, 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 perfect, great, yeah. okay. And then it would just get animated and it would just be on the CBC. But and you'd have like created by credit. I thought it would feel different. Like I've dreamt about this so much. Like, to have a show. Yeah, to have own. the opportunity to do this, to have a crew behind you that's actually working towards something that's like way bigger. I can't, I can't make a show by myself, you yeah. know what I mean? But like to actually have, be at the point where there's like resources being pulled into something that I'm making, like... A, I don't want to be embarrassed. Mm. I'm talking about something. You know what I mean? It's like I'm saying the thing. 
So, mm. you know, like I want young me to look at it and not be like, this is whack. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Um, what is Big Blue about? Oh, Big Blue is just like a family comedy. It's like the office for kids, hopefully. Like <laughs> it's literally just a family on a submarine and they find a mermaid. The characters are based on my siblings and like uh. the structure of our family. But it's more just about like being genuine in the way that they're caring for each other. I guess like romantic love gets talked about all the time, but like familial love yeah. is seldom expressed. I wanted these characters' intimate moments to be truly intimate, but consider all of this with the veil of a SpongeBob over it. So it's like an entire SpongeBob episode, but at the end, like if SpongeBob said something really meaningful to Patrick or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. truly meaningful. Like I love you, bro. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like having those moments in there and, even getting down to the frame count of someone being like, I don't understand why we have to stay on this frame of them looking at each other for this long. I'm like, because they love each other. Like, you have to, you know what I mean? It's mm. like, just trying to get those things out of what yeah. you're looking at, you yeah. know? Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about, like, intimacy? And because um, I just, I feel like so much of, at least the work that I see that you post on Instagram, mm. it it's so intimate, you know? The illustration of me like i'm pretty sure that was like misha and her grandma right yeah yeah for sure I, no because i obsessed <laughs> with their grandma her grandma is so cute yeah um like i used to take pictures like you know those like instagrams where it's like you're just like kind of voyeuristic you're like kind of just snapping something you see something cute and you snap it like i stopped doing that altogether to sharpen my own eye and there's one of a dad and his baby or like there's like one of like a group of guys dancing together shirtless or whatever oh i love that one but it, it's because it feels like something like i've seen that Whoa, somewhere like yeah. i'd seen it and i was like damn i think you like y'all are bonding bonding forcing yourself to remember what that feels like and then the decisions you make after the fact to get that point across yeah you know so people who don't know that that's misha and her grandma i hope will feel tenderness between this young lady and this old lady legitimized by like mm. Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon or whatever and then once I did freelance for those places and then I, I saw it and I got the thing I was like oh that's not quite what I thought it was gonna feel like mm -hmm. you know like I can't believe I'm not done so GTV is just like a response to that it's all the stuff that I think I wanted from those things mm. you know so um, the one in particular that I think about often is the Sunday service one. Yeah. It was like a moment of silence yeah. for um, like victims of police brutality. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it would be interesting because I'd never seen a cartoon character like, like mourn with me, having the moment to just not be funny. I want to know that in my imagination, there is a place for that. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel a lot like pretty powerless a lot of the times. It's like, or kind of corny, or I find it difficult to be outwardly sensitive without feeling bad for myself. Creating those spaces in animated versions kind of just makes it safe for everyone to participate. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't have to call 
an actual Sunday service because I don't know if I could handle that. It's just too much. Even going to work when that stuff is like all around and people asking you questions about it and shit. Oh, like, yeah, it's hard. I don't, I don't want to do it because like I'm already deep, deep in my feelings about it. Like yeah. I'll let this do it. There's days when I wish I was a mute because I think I would be way better at expressing visually, you know? Like, if mm. I didn't have the words to, like, trip me up or if I didn't even have to consider what the words were, I could just really focus on what the feeling is that I'm trying to get across. You talked about the power of the medium. I mean, can you talk about the potential of, like, animation um, yeah. as a force of change? I don't know what I look like to people. Even when, like, friends have drawn me, friends who claim that they can't draw, even when they have drawn me, it's nice. I'd rather, I'd rather exist in that version. You've edited out all of the things that I trip about on a daily basis, and what's left is, like, like uh, fun lines. You know what I mean? And, like... Like a goofy face. Like, I love that. You know what I mean? Like It is a privilege to be seen through someone else's eyes. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. It's just, like, to be seen. That's why, like, a lot of the times I freak out when I make, like, a caricature of someone because I'm afraid of being offensive. Mm. It's dicey because sometimes people have ways that they don't like to be seen. Mm -hmm. And if you see that in them, it's, like, that could be friendship ending, being, like, why did you? why would you do that? The things that I see that you do are, like, yeah, things I'm like, oh, I've never seen that before, you know? Oh, and, like, God. to me, I don't know. That always excites me and especially excites me when I'm like, oh, like, this is someone here, you know, who's right. creating new worlds. You know, it's not someone far away in, like, these places where in Japan or L.A. or wherever cartoons right, get right, made, right, like, the factories, right. you know? It's, like, yeah. someone, like, really close by yeah. who's doing something. And that's another thing, like, any anyone can access that. You know what I mean? Like, if you are willing to take it from that dream space and bring it into a physical place, that's what the magic trick is. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like you could anybody can do it. So when people have like questions about how to do it, I'm just like, that's entirely between you, your thoughts, and the pen. Like, I wouldn't know. I do a lot of escapism in general, mm. so my burnout really came from neglecting the things that like my immediate body needed. You know, so like just taking care of myself and like just thinking about the strain on my mind. Like I would go to bed and take every single issue from work with me just to solve it because I just I've always felt like I'm steering the ship for the first time. Yeah. So every question that everybody had, I wanted to have an answer by the time because I know what it feels like to be led. Yeah. properly yeah and i wanted to do i wanted to be that for all the people that were getting onto the project for the first time ever it was like i couldn't do it all by myself i'd see a background i didn't like and i'd be like fuck it i'll just draw it i'd see a pose i didn't like i'll be like oh, it's so hard to explain to you what i mean i'll just do it i would rationalize that it's faster for me to do it than mm. to explain to someone or take not even to explain to someone, to get someone to understand. You know what I mean? And then, like, three, four months into production, I was like, wow, I haven't explained any of this to anybody. You're still in the dark. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like undoing all of the shit that, like, I was afraid of. 
because I was like afraid of like no one understanding, no one getting what the show was about. But I was the issue. You know what I mean? I was I was like withholding information because I was like just too lazy or too or assumed that they would never get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I right off the bat assumed that they would never get it. So it was just like an exercise in trust. Allowing yourself to be vulnerable as a creator. Mm-hmm. And it's also know? just letting people own things. You yeah. know what I mean? Because this is so close to me and it's so important to me. Like, I couldn't let anybody own any part of it. Mm-hmm. So I was essentially making it alone. I'm depressed sometimes when I'm in there, when I'm there. But that is also where I'm happy. So it's just like, damn. It's like, here we go again. Like, yeah. <laughs> got to go back in. Because, like, being out here without going into that space to figure out what the issues are or like work my way through them is the only place I know where the happiness lies. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's a mess right now, but I got to go back in. You know what I mean? And clean it up. That's like, you just got to pick it up. You're like, well, I put this shit back here. I'm going to put this back here. And then you finally find that nice, neat, happy spot that you were looking for. And it's under your own mess. Thanks so much for listening to another season of Burnout. I hope you enjoyed listening to these episodes as much as I loved making them. And there's more on the way really, really soon. So subscribe via your favorite podcasting platforms. And while you're there, please rate and review the show. It really helps. And if you subscribe to my newsletter, you'll also hear more about what I'm up to and what's going on in the world of work, creativity, and memes. <laughs> you can sign up at anupa.substack.com. That's A N U P A.substack.com. 